This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose and sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. Hi, welcome to Transcend with Nat. This is Nat, and today I'm going to be playing excerpts from a John Roger seminar called Accomplishment versus Success and talking a little bit about them. Um, I think it's a great title. I came across it recently uh, and listened to it and thought, oh, this would be great for the show. I think there's some real gems in there. And um, even the title itself to me is a, is a great gem because you can have plenty of accomplishments, but that may not mean that you have success. And I think that because uh, many of us, we can do things with our to-do list and check them off. But that doesn't just because we did things and accomplish them doesn't necessarily mean uh, that we have success. And so uh, JR talks a bit about that and about a few other things. So I'm going to start uh, by playing this first excerpt. And so I'll let just JR go right into it. Here you go. So we have a very difficult time reconciling a spiritual, loving, creating God who would give in to us the ability to step free and flow into the worlds of creation, the worlds of organization, and then leave us to our own mercies and our own doubts and frustrations and fears. But in that statement, there's something that we forgot to bring with us as part of our complaint, and that is that this level is a classroom, a schoolroom, it is not the place of perfection. But we will bring the perfection of memory from prior place and spirit into this world and then we have the audacity to run perfection on our body and our mind and our emotions and then everybody else around us. And when they don't measure up, we judge them out of our perfection not knowing that our imperfection is part of the perfection by which we judge. Imperfect knowledge, then we're going to judge perfectly out of imperfect knowledge. It's really a falderall of existence. We, we have hurts and aches and pains. And yet the remedy is so simplistic that people won't do it. They say, you don't know what you're talking about. I say, well, do you recognize these other things I've said? And they say, well, yes. I said, well, maybe I know that. And if that seemed accurate, maybe you'd like to listen to this next part and try it. Well, okay, since the rest seemed like, yeah, that happens, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less, but okay, yes, it does happen. Then the antidote to it is, why judge? The whole basis of your judgment is going to be based upon imperfection. So I think it is a key thing in, in that message, in that lesson, um, about how this, this world is really a classroom. And we can see it from that perspective of this world is a classroom, um, or we can try to put perfection on it when really it's all 
perfect when we look at it through the lens of this place being a classroom. And so in a classroom environment, you're presented with problems to solve. And in this classroom, uh, you're presented with situations, with people um, and circumstances that are there for not necessarily for you to solve mentally, uh, but for you to complete, for you to uh, have greater understanding, and ultimately for you to love and to have greater loving and to complete these karmas and uh, to learn the lessons that you are here to learn. And often the lessons we think we're here to learn is <laughs> when we think that's the lesson in the situation, oftentimes um, it really is another lesson. And as we move into the loving, the acceptance and use these spiritual tools, um, and as JR said, not judge, uh, that simple idea um, that we can, we can more fully learn from this classroom. And then we start to realize that it is perfect as it is. And all those things that you think are not perfect are really there uh, for you to, within yourself, to see differently, to forgive those areas of your judgments and to use for your upliftment, learning and growth, because truly everything is here in this classroom for you to use for your upliftment, learning and growth. And on that note about this classroom, about accomplishment and success and all these other things, I'm going to play another JR excerpt. So here you go. When I look back, oh yeah, boy, what a success. I did that and that and that and that, except that's not success, folks. That's accomplishments. And that may have nothing at all to do with success. It may have nothing at all to do with success. But we want to make believe that those are criteria for success. And that's where we fool ourselves over and over and over. For success is the awakening of the heart, of the soul consciousness, and seeing the God form present in us, and then seeing it in other people. That is the success. At that moment, you're still in the classroom, but you get to go to the head of the class. I think that says it all right there, honestly. That is uh, an amazing definition of success, and in a spiritual context, I would say that is the success on this level. As JR said, success is the awakening of the heart, uh, of the soul consciousness of seeing that God form in ourselves and others. And from that spiritual perspective, from viewing this um, level as that classroom, that is the ultimate success. And that is where the fulfillment is. And it's not, I, I've now had plenty of opportunity um, to have successes and failures of my own in terms of what the world would define as success, what, um, what people would look at in the outer material worlds and go, well, that person is successful uh, in that area. And I've gotten to see and talk to and get to know plenty of people who uh, could be considered very successful. And 
whether they consider themselves successful or not, because oftentimes uh, they don't feel fulfilled or they don't feel that level of success. And they end up feeling like there's always something more or something that uh, something lacking um, because the feeling and the experience of success is really an inner experience and it's not found in the world. And then as you're on the spiritual path and as you are really tuning into what that success really is, um, then JR nailed it in that excerpt. And in fact, I, I'm going to play that again, because to me, that is a profound uh, way. It is a guidepost. It is um, something that we can look at in terms of something that we can be going towards in our lives. And if you don't know what success is or um, what direction to go to, to me, that is the direction to move your life if you really want to experience what success is. And that is the awakening of the heart, the awakening of that spiritual um, soul consciousness uh, of seeing the God in ourselves and others. And so let's listen to that one more time because I think it's so profound. For success is the awakening of the heart, of the soul consciousness, and seeing the God form present in us and then seeing it in other people. That is the success. At that moment, you're still in the classroom, but you get to go to the head of the class. So I'm going to play this next clip and um, because it really reminds me of something, an actual experience with JR or a number of experiences with JR, uh, but it has to do with depression and negative emotions, anger and things of that nature. And um, so let me play this excerpt for you and then I'll talk a little bit about my story, my experience afterwards. So here you go. We won't even participate in our own life enough to have happiness and joy. The reason we have depression and negativities and all these other things is a statement of non-participation. When people say, oh, I'm depressed and I'm suffering and I've really been going through it, and I say, you haven't been doing anything. You haven't been doing anything. Yeah, I'm suffering. I say, I know, but that doesn't take any effort at all. Well, I'm depressed. I said, I know, that's a sitting down process. I said, well, how do you know all these? I said, well, guys, I've got them down. I can do them. I can sit in my room, do nothing, and go through the slackest, darkest period times in existence. It doesn't take any effort to be negative. But to have happiness and joy and fulfillment takes getting the seat of the pants off the seat of the chair and get going. And there's only one exception to that. If you're a writer, you put the seat of the pants on the seat of the chair, but then you write or you type, whichever one that is, or, or dictate. But most people sit and go over in their mind the injustices, the inequalities, and the inequities of what's happened to them and seems to be to continue doing so. And seems to be. Of course it's going to seem like that because how could it seem otherwise in the state of consciousness they're in looking and doing that way. Just worked in L.A. in a training called Emotional Turning Points, the opening of the heart. And the person said, 
Well, I don't know why I'm here. I'm, I'm still doing all these negative things you talked about. And nothing's changed. I said, well, it's not supposed to change just because it's intellectual information. And because I show you map of the world, is it supposed to change? And he said, no. I said, well, that's just intellectual information. You want that to change? And he said, yes. I said, how would you change the world? He said, well, I, well. I said, well, I, I don't know. I guess I'd depend on what I want to change. I said, well, what do you want to change on this? He said, well, I want to, I want to change my anger. And so I'm so full of anger. And then proceeded to demonstrate the anger. Got through and I said, what have you got now? I said, anger. I said, so what you did didn't do it. What you did, demonstrating the anger, didn't get rid of the anger. It just reinforced it. You heard your anger and heard it and reinforced it and felt more justified and found more reasons. And you really, you really got your case going. He said, what do I do if you're so smart? That wasn't stated, but that was the other thing I said. Well, are you really anxious to get rid of the anger? He said, I'll do anything. I said, oh, good. <laughs> so I took the person out. And I said, I'm going to leave you off here, and I'll pick you up at such and such a street. And he said, God, that's about 20 blocks from here. I said, yes, but I'm going to pick you up there in a minute and a half. And if you're not there, you're going to go home some other way. He said, can I take a taxi? I said, no. He said, a bus? I said, yeah, if there's one running this late, go ahead. I said, and if it doesn't show up in a minute and a half, you're going to have to hire a big bus to go home. So the person just said, I get it, and took off running, and really started running. And I went and got in my car, and just started up the road, and I could see them just going. They were, hit their stride. The lights were green for them, but red for me, because I was behind watching, so they not have to speed up. But we got to the end of the place, and I rolled down the window, and the person was there going, I was leaning on the post. I said, how's your anger? He said, what? I said, how's your anger? He said, I don't have any anger. I don't have anything. I just want to breathe. I just want to breathe. I said, come on, get in the car. You can breathe in the car. So wait till I get you my breath. I said, okay. So I turned the motor off and rolled down the window. And it was about two or three minutes. He said, boy, I haven't run like that since I was a kid. I said, God, I didn't think I could do it. He said, it got to be a challenge after about two blocks. And I decided I would do it. I'd show you. <laughs> I said, oh, good. That was the idea that you were to show me. He said, but I showed myself. And he came around and got in the car. I said, oh, me think you do stink a little bit. <laughs> so can you roll down the window and, and we'll turn the air that way? And he says, no. He said, this all goes with the lesson. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing, I'm willing to do that, but I'm going to open my window. You can leave yours closed, so I open my window and sit over on the side. And it put the air towards me. And he said, it's amazing. He said, years of anger, years of turmoil and frustration are back there some 20 blocks in those 20 blocks. I said, well, what do you think about what they are? He says, I have. While I was running, I thought about them. And I ran them out 
and I thought about them, and I ran them out. And I said, well, come on, you can do better than that. See if you can stir up some. He said, no, when I produce anger, the end result is anger. He says, and I'm just not going to do that anymore. I said, why, don't you want to go for 20 more blocks? He said, no, it's not that, but I would go. I would go, because I know it'll do it for me. He said, there's nothing in here that can hang on. He said, except thankfulness that you're going to drive me home. <laughs> thankfulness. I said, is it also a little bit of gratefulness? He says, yeah, there's gratefulness in there. I said, how about gratitude? And he reached over and grabbed my arm, and he says, I'm so full of gratitude that you're who you are and that you'll do what you are, and you'll just be who you are, and you'll get out here and you'll do this with us. I said, there's a lot of people that will, but they may not know how to do this. When he came back in the training, two days later, he played back some information. He said, I have three real dear friends that I work with. He says, that really nags. They're really old, the old nag, 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 nag. Nothing's good. Nothing I could do ever do is good. He said, and they've all called me up and left messages on my answering service. Thanks. I said, what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to call them back and ask them if they don't feel a little grateful. <laughs> I said, so, no, I said, you got to do that with humor. I did that with you with humor to let you know that there was something that you could replace the anger with that would be more to your upliftment and more for you. So a great excerpt about how to deal with your negative emotions and when you're experiencing them. And it's actually something that JR did with me when I moved in. I was 17 years old. And for those beginning years, 17, 18, 19, 20, I was like any other teenager and had uh, my share of emotional roller coaster rides. And, and I was also hadn't had um, that mental, emotional discipline of good training, of focus, and how to and how to have uh, that positive focus, and would de definitely go into those negative emotions and sit in them and all of that. And so, Jr. would tell me, "Go for a run. You have to run now. Like you have to leave that." He would basically say, you have to leave the house and you have to run down the canyon. And in Mandeville Canyon, where we lived, it was about three and a half miles down the canyon, three and a half miles uh, back up the canyon. And so it was a good run. It, was a, it would wear you out. At least it would wear me out, um, even back then when I was young and, and pretty fit. Uh, I would have to, and it wasn't like a uh, suggestion. It was, you know, you better get off your get off your butt and get your shoes on and go running down that hill. And um, because that was how he had me deal with some of these negative emotions, these depressions, these upset judgments, whatever all that was, the the negative doldrums of especially of teenagerhood and into early adulthood um, he would have me work it through physical activity and that is a very simple as the exercise way to deal with these negative emotions and i remember one time it was storming outside and we back then we did get some storms just like this year we haven't seen storms like uh, this in Los Angeles for that many years, many, many years ago. So over 
probably 20 years ago or something like that. Um, and it was really stormy. It was late at night and I had gotten into my funky emotional negativity and it was like, it's time to run. <laughs> it was cold and rainy and stormy and uh, but I put on my shoes and I ran down that canyon and I ran back up and it really does burn off that negative emotion, that negative, and it gets you out of, especially out of the depression and the stuck feelings. Uh, so it's something, it doesn't work to think about. It's only works to do. And we can use those emotional negative energies. In fact, I was talking to someone today who um, was discussing how they had to embrace the dark side uh, within them. And there's a process within um, the Masters of Spiritual Science program, uh, which I used to facilitate as well, where you um, embrace that dark part of you, the, those dark sides of you. And there's a great deal of energy. And he was talking about how he um, embraced that and realized the power of that and the power of that negative uh, part of him. And that he has used that in his workouts, in his exercise. And it's really driven him in, in that. And it's a really great way. So I highly recommend if you're having like those negative emotional situations to, to work through some of that and to work it out by working out, by moving your body. And Hey, the benefits is you also help your health because, um, the simple ways of being healthy is diet and exercise, the food you eat and how you eat it and the exercise that you do and the movement of the body, our bodies are meant to move and it brings greater, uh, emotional well-being, uh, physical well-being. So I know it's just a simple method, but it really does work. And so those are the excerpts I, I picked out because it reminded that last one reminded me of my early days with JR and he had me do the same thing, uh, where you work out till you exhaust those emotions and the other, the other gems from that seminar. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode of transcend with Nat and uh, we'll see you or hear or be talking to you next time. Have a great one. God bless.